I'm wondering, can you see me during that? I, yes, I can see you. <laughs> All right. Aaron, and, and, yeah, we're live. Uh, I'm Brandon Spivey, and we are the Markout Movie Podcasters. We're the most unprofessional YouTubers of all time. We really are. And on today's episode, we're going we're doing uh, a review of Brewster's Millions from 1985, which is a fan request by Bilfer the Hobbit. And he's not even here to watch it. Uh, or maybe it is. There's one person watching. It may be Bilfer or it might not be. We'll find out. Uh, but anyway... Uh, Brandon, anything you want to talk about before we get into Brewster's Millions? Uh, well, I didn't see anything, so can't really it's, talk about that because I didn't big, see anything. It's a big week for uh, Fast and Furious fans because the new one comes out, yeah. um, which I am not excited about, to be honest. I am. And it's a shocker because the last one sucked so bad. <laughs> but I, it looks like it's going to be fun. It looks like a fun Fast and Furious film. Other than besides, you know, whatever the last one was. How do, you, how do you feel about Jason Momoa being in it this time around? He's one of the reasons I'm excited because he looks like he's playing a great villain. Something they have lacked. I just hope at the end of the movie he doesn't join the family. That's because that's cliche and that's what they do every single time. That's what happens. It was this Statham. Well, The Rock first of all, Statham. Then it was John Cena. Uh, now it's Jason Momoa. Also, The Rock is returning. They they spoiled that themselves. I really I didn't know that. I didn't well, know that. Yeah, they spoiled it for me. I spoiled it for you. Who's not going to watch? <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah, he's he's the end credit scene. Which I find funny that they spoiled it because he spoiled, you know, Superman. You know, and they spoiled his return. So, I I don't know. I don't think anyone's excited that he's returning, though. No. I haven't really heard people talk about it, so. But, yeah, today we're doing Brewster's Millions. Uh, The connection's going in and out. Um, So, we'll see what happens. So, uh, I will do a quick little... Uh, playing of the trailer. Maybe I should. Maybe I shouldn't. We'll see. Oh, no. Yep, I'm right. Okay. Here we go. Bruce's Minions. Money. Everyone wants it. Until now, Monty Booster didn't have it. They tell me you're my only living relative. But he just made money the old-fashioned way. You have 30 days in which to spend. 30 million bucks. He inherited it. If you can do it, you get 300. But if you fail, don't get deadly. Why can't I tell my friends? Because I don't want anybody helping me out. What's wrong? What's wrong? 30 million dollars. Man, he's got 30 million dollars. This is a- All right. I'm going to stop it because it's cutting in and out. Stop sharing. Hopefully, Brandon's still with me. I'm here. I- it, it only cut in and out on your end. It was fine on mine. Oh, okay, cool. Uh, so, Bruce's Millions, uh, the 1985 film starring uh, Richard Pryor, John Candy, 
And as Brandon kept alerting me yesterday, a plethora of 80 80s who's who's cameos. Yes, 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 yes. Oh, it, it was so many. It had the dude from Over the Top who's like a bodyguard for the Cutler dude. Uh, it had Grandma Winslow from Family Matters. It had who was uh, he? Uh, who was he? Who was the uh, bodyguard from Over the Top? I don't know his name. It's like, literally the only who movie. Was he, who was he in this movie? Oh, he was one of the guys they they get into a fight with, the clean shaven dude. Was it the black dude or the no, white he's, guy? He's a white guy. All right, so it's funny because the black guy uh, in this. And I, I can say because I don't, I literally don't know his name, but I know his face. But uh, you might recognize him from Die Hard. He was one of the FBI agents. Oh uh, yeah. Remember the other guy from the Goonies was the other agent. Yeah. Uh, SM. Uh, so yeah, I, I like. I was like, hey, that guy. I don't remember his name, but he's in this movie. But I didn't recognize the dude from Over the Top though. I've, I guess I've never seen that as much. I've seen it maybe once or twice. Yeah, I mean, he's just one of the bodyguards for the Cutler residents. Um, but, yeah, it, it had a lot of people. It even had uh, Bubba from In the Heat of the Night in it towards the end. He was one of the announcers during the ball game. So Is that who that – yeah, I knew he looked familiar. I thought he was a baseball player. Was he uh, – Was he He was one of the announcers. Okay. Oh, wow. Yeah. Okay. So he's from the TV show In the Heat of the Night, not yeah. the movie, right? Okay. Yeah, TV show. Bubba Skinner. And I know you noticed the cameo from Rick Moranis. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it was – I mean, you kind of had to. I mean, you got John in it, so you kind of had to. I mean, it's good to see Rick again. Totally, totally caught me off guard. Was not expecting Rick Moranis. He, he played against – totally against character, like as far as, like, how he usually plays in movies. Yeah. He, he usually plays the uh, dopey parent or the uh, genius – or the, uh, you know, the uh, nerd, you know. But he's like, like he was like a, almost like a traveling salesman, just the way that he kind of came across, which, I, but I was like, I wanted more of him in the movie. I thought he was going to be in there longer. I was like, I hope Rick is in there more, you know, but he wasn't. So how did you feel about the Richard Pryor and John Candy in the First, movie? Before I get there, okay. let me... Uh, so I want to explain some things to people. Uh-oh. Bruce's millions. So all right, he had, he could have he had a rich uh uh a billionaire a million a millionaire billionaire type of uncle, great uncle or whatever. Yeah. Who uh, and he was and Rich Pride was the last descendant of the guy. And so he leaves him all his money. But a uh, couple of things, he has there's a wimp clause that if he once he could walk away doing nothing with a million dollars. He would have been an instant millionaire. Uh, the other thing is, so he's a minor league baseball player, but he must spend $30 million in 30 days in order to inherit $300 million. However, he's not allowed to own any assets, destroy the money, gift it, or give it to charity or tell anyone about the deal. He can give it. That's not true. He can give it to charity. He just can give it only a little bit. He can't give it all to charity. Uh, but he can't destroy it, you know, or own yeah. anything. So my first question for you, Brandon, is would you – what deal would you have taken? Oh, I probably Bilfer. would have took the million dollars. This is I your episode, Bilfer. 
by the way? Uh, I probably would took the million. I don't think I could spend thirty million in thirty days. So I don't. I really don't. I mean, I mean, I guess I could. I could, but, but no, you can't have any assets. So yeah, I, I, I it wouldn't work for me. Yeah, it'd be hard. I think I would have honestly took just a million, and it, it, it's walking away from a lot of money. But a yeah. million dollars is a lot of money. Uh, it. I don't think I could have done it either. Uh, thanks, fellas. You're welcome, Billford. Um, yeah, I, I don't think that I could have definitely do the. I don't know the thirty. The thirty have thirty million dollars to spend. I think Richard did a great job in spending it. Like the way that he started off spending it. Like uh, he's like, hey, uh, you need. I need security. I can't walk around without the money. You want to work here? Yeah. I pay you ten thousand dollars a week or something like that. And then the guys, I paid them five thousand dollars. You know. Uh, and then, like, just, like, spending it that way, like, deducting, deducting, deducting. Um, but there's no way I could have done it. I mean, I mean, talking about $30 million here, I mean, look, I've never – in my whole life, I haven't even spent a million. So – Oh, Billford says $30 million in 30 days, easy. I'm curious to know how you do it. Well, maybe Billford's a millionaire. Maybe he makes a lot of money. I do not. So <laughs> I just don't think I could personally, but you know. Yeah. But I did want to ask you though, uh you, you brought it up that he was paying all these people. What did you think about the taxi driver that he was he wanted to he owned the was it three limousines? Yeah, it just stuck with me that the, the the limousines he wanted and he wanted to pay them for their services. I think it was like was it twenty thousand? Each Probably. yeah, something like that. Um <laughs> Billford says he would fly to space with Mr. Elon Musk. Uh, uh are they still doing that? Are they, is he how still much, how much does it cost to fly to space? Is it thirty million? Huh? Yeah, I know it costs at least a few million just from what I was Seeing on CNN about it, so he'll probably do like two or three, te- two or three trips, and spend it that way. That's a lot of space travel, though. That's, that's a lot of trust in Elon Musk. Yeah, so it's, it's <laughs> but when uh, the cameras are on, I think you're safe. But when those cameras aren't on, I, I I wouldn't trust him. All right, well he owns everything now. No, I'm just playing. Uh, but uh, uh. Now he owns Twitter, uh, which that's fine. Uh, anyway, he owns uh, Twitter, and a lot of people got off Twitter. <laughs> I didn't. I didn't get off Twitter, but I just don't. But I don't, I'm not usually on Twitter. I'm more on Facebook. I'm more on Instagram and TikTok, which is Chinese. Anyway, uh, <laughs> that's a smear. But anyway, um, wow. wow. Uh, yeah, you asked me your, initially. You asked me what I thought about the chemistry between Candy and uh, yeah. Pryor. Together, yeah. Uh, I'm I'm curious to know. I think John Candy makes anybody. Uh, well, not saying Richard's bad, but uh, Richard Pryor with Gene Wilder is like money. But it was odd to see Richard with John. Uh, but I would I would love to see them do more together. But it felt like from from John, it felt like Gene with friendship. Like John Candy's that good. 
that yeah. he comes across as a genuine friend. Richard, it seems like they're friends, but not as close, you know? Yeah. Yeah, I get that. Um, I thought John was gold in this. And, you know, I, I haven't always been the biggest John Candy fan because I hadn't seen all of his films either. I mean, I, I always like stick with Uncle Buck and uh, Cool Runnings and um, that other one he did with his family on vacation. Uh, 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 Summer Summer Rental, I think. Yeah, that one. Yeah. Those are the three main ones I know him from. So, so I had never seen this. And this is my only second time watching Richard Pryor. First one was Harlem Nights, um, which I thought he, I thought he was fine, but he's not the comic genius that you hear or mm. see in his, you know, in his, his his material. I which I have never seen the Gene Wilder film, so I don't know if, if you get that type of character or not. But I, I don't know. I guess I'm a little disappointed because he is considered one of the all time greats, and I don't feel like I've seen that yet on film. So, oh really? Yeah, uh, but I think he did fine here. I, like I didn't hate his performance or anything. I thought he I'm, was genuinely funny in their first act. Like I thought they worked well together in the first act. But how many Richard Pryor movies have you seen? Just two that you can think of. What's the two? This one and uh, Harlem Nights with Eddie and. Okay. Yeah, uh, Richard, man, I love Richard. Richard Pryor is probably one of my favorite com- stand-up comedians of all time. Uh, uh, actually, he's like one of my favorites. I would say top five would be Richard, and I know it's unfair because most of them are black, if not all of them. You know, it is, you know, it is what it is. But Richard Pryor, uh, Sinbad, Eddie, Dave Chappelle, and then ah, uh, I'm gonna be upset if you don't say Robin. Well, uh, you know what? I never really like Robin in stand up. I like Robin what? in film. I like it. I don't like him in stand up. But, but wow. again, remember, you got to re- realize, man, when I seen Robin Williams, I remember the the relief aid stuff they did with HBO. Uh, or, or the, yeah. I think him and Whoopi and stuff. Back then, I just didn't understand his energy. <laughs> I didn't understand what was going on. Uh, but I, I would be interested to go back and revisit his, his stand up. I never really seen it. But I would say, honestly, the third. The fifth would probably be Mitch Hedburn. Um, Mitch, man, was just uh, it just his delivery was hilarious. So I would say Mitch. Those are my top five stand ups, though. Wow. I, I don't even know what my top five would be. I know my top two is Eddie and Robin, though. It's, but uh, I don't know. I, I haven't really thought about it. Hey, but, have you actually seen some uh, Robin stand ups? Yeah, yeah. I'm a much bigger fan of Robin on stand-up than film, even though I think he's an amazing actor, or he was. Uh, but I, I love his stand-up. It's hmm. interesting. I'll, I'll, maybe you could choose one, and we can watch it sometime. Uh, but uh, and maybe I could choose a, a, a Richard stand-up and we we'll watch it. Um, uh, but yeah, um, I thought the stronger person in this film was was uh, John. Uh, it seems like at most parts, Richard's kind of phoning it in a little bit. Not, I mean, this is like, this is right after I think his accident. Cause you can tell his face a little bit. You can see, uh, some, uh, some scar tissue still from his, uh, burn. Uh, yeah. uh, but it was probably in a different place, but, um, 
uh, what I liked about Richard and Richard's is, and this is because you said you don't really know a lot of his stuff. So Harlem Knights was older Richard and Richard was playing it more low laid back. It's kind of a slower type of thing. Richard's stuff like this, uh, the toy, he's he has manic energy. He's he has yeah. man, and that's what you get from this is manic energy. He's like, oh yeah, it's like he's kind of firing off, and that's what he is, just really quick and stuff like that. So if you look at the toy, you look at this, you look at Stair Crazy, those are kind of what you get with uh with Richard Pryor. Uh even even uh Hidden Weevil, Signal Evil. But he later, like I said, with Harlem Knights, he he got he was playing a different role and he was going into yeah. a different role uh then. So Bill for commented a few Bill for blowing it up. Uh let's see. It, uh I would fly to spice with Elon. He said that. See no evil, hear no evil. Uh, is that one of your favorites? I really liked it. Super. Oh, come on, get out of here with Superman three. Ah, <laughs> uh, don't per- uh, Aaron, you froze on me. I'm, I'm here. Okay. <laughs> uh, am I here now? Yeah, yeah. All I know, you were just so, in Superman three, and it cut out. <laughs> <laughs> well, well Richard. Richard Donner, no, uh, no, but uh, Superman three, I felt like it was just like, I felt like it, it lacked. I didn't like, I didn't like Richard Pryor in it. I thought that uh, they tried to make it more comic relief. Uh, I don't think he worked well with Christopher Reeves. I just don't like it. Just like, I, I hate Superman three more than I hate Superman four. And that's what the dude I think that is from space. The other guy, like with blonde hair, I think I, it's that I, one. I honestly can't tell you. I've only seen the, the first one. You only seen, seen the first one? Yeah. You never seen Superman two, which is the best one? Nope. Nope. Dude, I wasn't. One. I wasn't big on Superman until like uh, Zack Snyder did Man of Steel. Like I had never seen a Superman film until that moment. So, hmm. and I got free tickets to that movie, so I went and seen it. I had no idea what they were trying to do. It makes sense they were trying to copy Marvel at the time, but I, I enjoyed it. I, I really liked that version of him. But uh, yeah, I've never went back and watched like all the Superman films, or like I still haven't seen Smallville. I, you know, I, oh Lord, I love yeah, Smallville. So, my history with Superman is very limited. I do want to mention uh, some more people that's in this film. Uh, to note, one is more controversial than others. Stephen Collins, the father from Party of Five, he is now blacklisted, like because he got caught with child minor things they shouldn't have had. You know what I mean? Hmm. Didn't know uh, this, but yeah. I know what you mean. Yeah, but he's now black belt. Neil before Zod, yes. Uh, More timing there. Uh, <laughs> about oh, oh, oh God. Oh this is this is the Market Movie Podcast. Um <laughs> but yeah, uh you know, he was a snake in the grass in this movie. Uh it was just a random thing to have him. Hey, you should do the interior decoration for me. It's just like a weird plot device. I, I I didn't like about that. Oh, that's that's who he is. That guy. 
Yeah, they go. Hmm. Yeah, I can see it now. Watching like this his, movie. His yeah, controversy? I can, yeah, I can see him being that way. Yeah, I, he, he came off like a little creep in this movie, I thought. Yeah, he, and he later on, like, like they casted him in uh, It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia to play, like, the father of uh, D and um, uh, Sweet D and uh, Glenn's character. Uh, but uh, Dennis, uh, they, they cast him to be their father. But then he was dropped from the role, essentially, because it's yeah. controversy that happened. Uh, yeah, uh, he's no longer acting. He's still alive today. But... Uh, but yeah, uh, and also Angela Drake, uh, Lynette McKee, who played like Angela Drake, the uh, accountant. She was a, a big time Broadway actress and things like that, and theatrical actress and and, and talk acting. So she's still she's still around today as well. Uh, but the other person I wanted to really bring up was Jerry Orbach. What'd you think about seeing no Jerry in this film? Jerry who? Orbach. He played the coach. Uh, you might know him from SVU or, or the original Law and Order. Didn't watch it. What? Oh, 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 you're talking about um, Baby's dad. Yeah, Baby's dad. That's crazy. Okay. That's to, all you know him from. That's, that's where I know him from. Yeah. Baby's dad. Yeah. This guy. <laughs> yeah, I've never, I've only seen the reruns, certain reruns of the SVU. Uh, so I was like, who's he talking about? Then it hit me. I had him pictured in my head. Oh, that's baby's daddy's talking about. Okay. Yeah. I thought it was cool seeing him. Um, yeah. Didn't he like die uh, when that show was like big time? Uh, so yeah, he passed away years later from uh, cancer. Uh, uh, Billford says Angela Drake. And uh, I guess he likes Angela Drake. Um, yeah, she's Nothing she was her. a she was a big time actress, like in the, especially in the eighties. She was in uh, Sparkle. Uh, she, you know, uh, she was like back, especially in the African American community. In community, she's kind of major. But um, I don't know, man. It's just this movie. I enjoyed the movie. I thought it was fun. Uh, just seeing how he spends the money. Yeah. And, that was the fun fun aspect of it. But I didn't believe the relationship or the love relationship he was developing with Angela. I felt like it was kind of forced. Yeah. I could see that, yeah. You know, they, they didn't give him much time to develop any kind of chemistry. Um, no. no. Oh, heck yeah. We You missed it. We was talking. We was, gush, we was gushing about John Candy. Yeah, uh, John's John, the best part of the movie, in my opinion. John Candy, listen, man, I'm going to be honest with you, uh, Bilfer. Uh, I'm a huge John Candy fan to the point where when he died, I cried. I literally cried about it because it was like I've always had a just a, a admiration for John Candy. Um, and so just anytime I see him in movies, it just brings back that like thrill of just – and, you know, Rick Moranis does the same thing for me. And so it's great seeing him. Just Rick Moranis is one of those guys, too. When you see him, I'm like, hey, Rick Moranis. And it just kind of makes you happy to see him. Yeah. Uh, that's how I feel about John Candy. Just that's, But that's me. Yeah, I mean, he's the bigger Candy fan. 
I like him. I like him a lot more today than I did when I was growing up. Like, was it Spaceballs that did it for you? I mean, it, it, Space Spaceballs is one of those films, man. <laughs> it's better than the whole Star Wars franchise, in my opinion. And I know it's probably controversial. I feel it is, though. I feel it's the best Star Wars movie of all time. And it's a spoof. I love that. But, um, yeah, I mean, that did it for me. I've always liked him in Uncle Buck and Summer Rental. You know, those movies I always did love. But watching Spaceballs, that was, that was a treat. And I, I will always have love for the guy after that. I mean... And so when we do pick a movie that he's in, it's a treat because I know he's going to give a good performance. He just wasn't someone I grew up watching. You know, it was my guy back then, still my guy, Jim Carrey, Adam Sandler, and a lot of Chris Farley. I was more of the 90s brand than the 80s. I'm more of the 80s, so it's it's true. It makes sense. It makes sense because I would say the the, – the contemporary in that time frame in the nineties would have been Chris Farley to John yeah. Candy. Um, I never was, but then it's like, I never was a John Belushi guy. Uh, Cause when he died, he died like when I was a, a baby, I guess, you know, whatever. And so I never really grew up watching any of John Belushi stuff or, you know, so I'm not a big John Belushi person. Uh, so I, he doesn't hold that place for me like John Candy does. So, yeah, I was more of a Dan Aykroyd fan yeah. even though he's he went he like i don't know he just got away from comedy i guess after belushi died it feels like that he went did drama a total career change but uh i was always more of a fan of dan Aykroyd's comedies than belushi but you know yeah but belushi's yeah, but, more talented but but, but you know, dan, dan is one of those guys too that you kind of you know kind of cheer when you see him pop up and stuff. Yeah. Like even to this day, like I loved like so it was a crazy thing. I'm a big John Cusack fan. And so when uh when he popped up in uh Gross Point Blake with with or Gross Point Blank, yeah, with uh John Cusack, mm-hmm. it was like for me like major because I was like I, two guys I really enjoy in a movie together. I'm like I'm a it's crazy how big of a fan I am of John Cusack. So <laughs> yeah, he needs a resurgence. He really does. He's he's too talented not to be stuck where he is. Uh, I'm so sorry to change the topic. Fast X is amazing. My mind is blown. Oh, and I, I am so it. shocked to hear this from you. <laughs> <laughs> I, I just am. I mean, you're you're always about um, artsy films, films. Yeah. 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 And you get something like this, and it's amazing. I mean, I'm not, I'm not dissing it at all. I just, is it, my is mind it, is blown that you love is, it. Is it amazing because it's bad, like comedically bad, or is it is because, or is it amazing because it's like cinematic, like, and I love it. Was it a fun time? I'm just curious. No spoilers, but we, are we, I plan on trying to see it if I can this weekend. I guarantee you one reason he loves it is because of Jason Momoa. He's the one part that I've heard. Even critics that didn't like it said he was awesome in it. I'm, I'm gonna go ahead and put out this, and people's gonna hate me. I don't see what I don't see the big whoop about Jason Momoa. I really don't. I've yet to see anything where I'm like, oh, you know what? I'm glad he's in this. I've never really. I didn't like Aquaman as much. I mean, he was okay in it, but I didn't. 
it, wow. I know. I'm sorry. Wow. I don't, I don't get it, man. I don't get it. You're breaking all the Momoa fans' hearts today. Oh, they're gonna they're gonna un, unsubscribe to us. Uh, <laughs> all, all two of them. <laughs> oh look. It's amazing because unbounded imagination and fun. Okay. That's what, if you have a letterbox, I hope that's what you put as your quote for this movie. Uh, unbounded. I love that. <laughs> Brandon's laughing. It makes but, me want to see it more now. <laughs> all right. Back to old Brewsty, Brewster Million. Um, another thing, man, that I really, uh, I mean, the plot in it is pretty simple. You yeah. get you got this money. You can't. You gotta spend it all. Uh, nobody can know why you're doing it, so you're gonna look crazy. Uh, one thing I wish they would have did at the very end is after he got the three hundred million, I wish that they would have showed something where he would have went to like those core people that kind of stuck with him and said, yeah. "This is why I did it," and you know, I'm still gonna keep you on because you think about all these people that he hired and got to leave jobs. Mm-hmm. To work for him, they're still going to be unemployed. Like, think about the security guard guy. He was still going to be unemployed, you know. Yeah. Now, the security guard guy, I want to talk about something. The black guy, the security guard dude. Uh, I haven't seen him in much, but every time I see him, he's in Harlem Nights at the very beginning. He's the guy that quick, as the little boy, shoots. He's the one that is gambling and says, Daddy needs some new pair of shoes and mama needs some new slipper. And then he's and then uh Rich Price says, You need a new set of teeth. Because he had this snag of tooth, no teeth. Uh but um, it's that guy. So he uh is good to see him as a young actor. Uh he was also in Roots, which I don't remember him in Roots. And and I haven't seen Roots in so long. I own it. It's right there. I have all of them. Uh but I haven't seen that in a long time, but it was just really good to see that guy. Really good to see that guy. Yeah, and really getting excited. And he's getting excited about this guy. Yeah. Now, I have a question, though, towards the end when he does get all the money. Did you expect him to get the money? I thought it was going to be some kind of message where he doesn't get all the money. Like, it was a humbling experience, you know, for him. Or they return, or they says, I don't want yeah. the money. Yeah, I didn't really expect him to keep it. But, you know, I don't know. It's just the way the movie was going, how he was acting towards the end. You know, it's just. At one point he says, I'm tired of money. Yeah. Uh, and there was a YouTuber that I watched a review for. I don't know his name, and I'm sorry, YouTuber. But he said, uh, uh, I guess Biffer said something. You're looking. Yeah. <laughs> uh, in, in the 1980s, jobs was plentiful. I would quit for 200K salary. Uh, but I don't know, man. I don't know. If, I, would, I would quit for a two hundred k salary too. Yeah, I understand it, <laughs> but 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 I'm saying, would like for but for say for instance the security guard, he quit knowing that I'm going to pay you a thousand dollars a week or five thousand or ten thousand a week or whatever it was, you know, and then like at the end of it, all he knows is Brewster Montgomery. Doesn't have any money to his name left, right? Mm-hmm. So that's so at the end of the movie, all you know is him and his best friend uh, John Candy and all the other people think, well, he ain't got no more money. I did like the idea. I did like what happened though when he lost all his money. How fast people turned on him, 
Oh, yeah. Turned away from them. I, look, I thought that was kind of uh, telling. Like, people want to be around you and want to be with you as long as you can do something for them. The moment Absolutely. that you can, then, you know. Yeah. I mean, that's just, just that's the truth. That's the nature of humans. <laughs> uh, certain humans, anyway. I mean, you know, they you can't help them out anymore. They don't want nothing to do with you. You know, it, it's just... I mean, you see that yeah. every day with people somewhere. I mean, you just that's reality. And that was probably the most true thing in this whole movie, how people turned on him once they weren't benefiting, benefiting being around him. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, that's sad, but it, it, it was that's true. But yeah, I absolutely. Um, I thought the movie for what it's worth uh, wasn't wasn't a bad movie. It was kind of. Uh, what movie came to mind? And rem- correct me if I'm wrong. Was Mr. Deeds, I'm talking about the Adam Sandler, was yeah. there a clause in there where he couldn't do something or or something happened and he lose the money? Was that a thing? I think so. Okay. It, yeah, that's what so. kind of put me in the mind of it. Actually, yeah, I was thinking I've seen something similar to this. Uh, I, what are you thinking about Mr. Deeds? But yeah, that's it. It's a very similar movie. You know, he gets he gets all this money, but he I forget what it was that he could not do or he would lose it, but he ends up giving it away to the John yeah. Turturro's character, I believe. Yeah. So yeah, I, that's could. what I was expecting to have. He was just going to give it away to somebody, you know. But that's mm-hmm. that's not how it went, but that's what I was expecting. I wasn't expecting him to keep it. Um. Yeah, I'm trying to think what other movie kind of has that same plot device. If somebody gets a lot of money, but something happens and you got so much time to do something with it. Yeah. Uh, and I'm, I'm, Mr. D's the only thing come to mind, but I know there's another one, and I can't think of it, uh, where that's something similar. Because I thought about it last night. I wish I would have took note of it. Because I was like, oh, that reminds me of fill in the blank. I can't remember what that fill in the blank was. Um, but the plot device wasn't bad. He's going to come off as a crazy person. Yeah. Because anybody that would just be wasteful, and it, it might be also the message as well, is uh, how easy and quick it is to spend your money on nothing. Yeah, I think that aspect of the movie was kind of showing how people in Hollywood, when they get their start, they blow up, how they just waste money. I know one actor that comes to mind was Corey Feldman. He mm-hmm. said he wasted all his money in those early years. And when he hit bottom, Hollywood gave up on him. He didn't have anything. So uh, I, that's what I thought of when he was wasting all his money. You know, I thought that was kind of telling about how people become stars overnight, basically, and, you know, Spend it on anything. They don't yeah. think it's going to stop. Uh, the one guy that, you know, I honestly thought that he was working against him, but he wasn't. And I misremembered. Uh, the actor Pat Hingle, who played Edward oh, yeah. Ramfield, the guy that was like, said, I'm very, I'm neutral in this. Yeah. At first, I, when he said that, I was like, yeah, right. But no, he was literally neutral. 
and, and, and we'll let them know where, hey, you're going to win this election. You know, it comes with a salary of this. And so he, he forfeited the election. Uh, but that guy, like, I liked his character in this, in this movie. Um, yeah, he was very neutral. Uh, also, uh, trading places, maybe it's what it puts me in the mind of, too, right? Maybe? A little bit, yeah. Because, you know, Eddie comes into all this money. Dan's homeless. <laughs> so, yeah, it, I don't remember too much about that movie, though. It was never one of my favorites. Uh, I think I've only seen it once. Um, but I think that was kind of the plot. It came out in 83, Trading Places. So this came out in 85. I think in the original, uh, well, I don't know if it's the original Bruce's Millions, but I've seen the plot of one of the original ones that came out, like either 1935 or 1945. I'm not sure. Uh, the Brewster person has a year to spend the money. And it's uh, it's probably, it's still millions dollars, or I don't know if it's a bu- like more multi-million or what, but I mean, you got to think about inflation, what, whatever it would have been then. Yeah. Compared to like 1980. So if they would have remake this movie today. I don't know if it'd be a, although to me, a million dollars, because I ain't got no money. A million dollars is a lot of money. <laughs> you know, <laughs> I want $5. But, uh, but, uh, uh, but, uh, yeah, I just, I don't know. I think that today it would be the Brewster's Billions or something like that. Yeah, uh, I actually had a thought since we really haven't discussed it. He was a minor league pitcher, and he wanted his dream was to get back to the major leagues. Uh, when he see he thinks he sees a scout watching him. What did you think about that aspect? How I don't know if you want to call him dumb to think that somebody would be scouting him in the middle of nowhere. What, what did you think of his dream to get back into the major leagues? He's very optimistic. He's been pitching for 15 years is what it sounds like. Yeah. Uh, first of all, I don't believe at one point that this man was a baseball player. At one point. Like, I mean, the guy that came up the bat that time, he was believable. I believe he was a baseball player. The dude from Die Hard. I believe him. Or even the, uh, the uh, bad guy from uh, – over the top. I believe him. Richard Pryor, not so much. Hey, I would I do I do want to talk about one thing though with the baseball stuff. I think I loved I love John Candy as the catcher. Yeah. I loved I loved it. Like I could see and maybe I'm wrong, but I see how I see the influence of uh that one character from Sandlot from John Candy in this movie. Because the way that he kind of talks about the the people up the bat and just kind of, you know, like it reminds me of, you know, the guy that says, you're killing me, Smalls. That guy. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's who, I don't know. Maybe also, Major League Two with the catcher, uh, he, he would always talk to the batter, try to get him, play him with their mind. Um, who was it? Do you remember? Uh, no, no. Uh, it's the only movie I've ever seen him in, I, I think. But he took over Tom Berenger's role as the catcher in the sequel. So, sure. but yeah, he would always talk to him to try to help Vaughn out. But yeah, and that's what I mean. That's what John Candy's job was to do: get inside their head. You know, I mean, mm-hmm. help out his pitcher, who 
dreamed of making it back to the major leagues. Yeah, I thought that it was fun though. Um, and and I thought it was cool. With uh, his dream was to have like I think that he thought highly, too highly of himself. Sometimes I think he thought too highly of his his minor league team. Like yeah. everything, you can compete with the Yankees. Yeah, that you was can't co- you can't compete with the Yankees. That wasn't believable. That final game at the end, I was like, yeah. oh, no, it's it's like taking it's FL, the team that just won the Renegades, and put them up against I don't know, even the Chiefs, the Broncos. No, uh, no, 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 I, not I, the Broncos. Not, what, no, 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 no. Your, your team. I was gonna say your team. Let's well, go okay, say my team. Uh, it just wouldn't be believable they could compete. No, I mean Yankees are top. You know they're the top team. I mean everybody yeah. loves to hate them or they or they love them, but they're always in contention to win it all. Coming to America is the reverse Brewster's Millions, is it? I've only uh, really seen it once, so I. I don't know. I mean, I guess in the sense of Hakeem, uh, Hakeem is coming to America to find a bride pretending to be poor in order to find somebody to love him for who he is and not for his wealth. Uh, Comes to America is the better movie. I would, I would say that. Coming to America to me is like one of my favorite comedies of all time. Uh, but I don't know, man. I don't know if I say it's the reverse of this. I would say, if anything, trading places is the closest that I can think of because of the whole bet in it and, and people working against him. Yeah. Where in coming to America, there's nobody really working against him other than I guess you could say, uh, Jaf- I was gonna say Jafar. Is his name Jafar? Uh, Jamar. I, I was gonna from uh, your boy or James Earl. James Earl, the prince, the king. The king. Yeah, yeah, because Eddie's the prince. <laughs> it's been a while since I've seen it. Um, you, you know what? Yeah. I, I think about coming to America. Honestly, I immediately think about the sequel. And how it tarnished the legacy of coming to America. You know, some things is better left not happening. And I think yeah. coming to America, the, the sequel, it was it wasn't needed. Just kind of like the house party movie was not needed. Was not needed. And at least that was kid, a remake. Yeah, but still, and you had a kid playing it and they're Illuminati. Yeah. Stupid. It's stupid. I know. It's, it's stupid. It's gonna make my worst list. Did it come out this year? It's yes. making my worst list. Oh, yeah, Same. definitely. Yeah, I think that might be. No, that's not my worst film. It's my second worst film, though. Ooh. Mama Me, I think it's what it's called. Mama Mafia, whatever it's called. That's my worst film. I, God, I hated that experience. Ooh, wanted to leave so bad. That's funny. Uh, but uh, but no, uh, as far as uh, Richard playing uh, major uh, minor league baseball and his dreams – I thought it was – it seemed like a guy – you know what it reminds me of? Of uh, – is it – who is – is it Tony Danza? Who was in uh, – I might be wrong. Who's in Angels in the Outfield? Who was the baseball Tony's player? in it, yeah. Was that Tony? That, yeah. that his shoulder was thrown out uh, really yeah. bad? Yeah, so it reminded me of uh, somebody just trying to hang on there, uh, you know, to the glory. Uh, but – which that's – love you, Bilfer. Andrews and Alpha is a better movie than this. Uh, not saying that I hate this movie. It just, it might sound that way, but 
I'm just thinking about it, just comparing it to, to some things. I mean, it it's kind of has a very thin premise. It has a great little kickoff idea, but I think that it, I think Richard, Rich, the jokes didn't hit like he wanted them to hit, I think. Yeah. But hey, John I, was I, great. John was great. I felt it lost steam. And Where uh, I, probably somewhere in the middle. You know, I wasn't as invested in the last act at all, but I thought it did lose a little bit of steam. I think overall the movie was, was good. I just, it just, it just lost steam, you know, and, but I mean, I, I said, you know, Richard was fine. I think he was, I think he was good. I thought John was great. Uh, and I loved uh, all the other 80 type actors. You mentioned the grandma. You mentioned yeah. the grandmother from uh, Family Matters. Family. Yeah, she was the judge uh, when they got arrested at the at the fight at the bar, and the guy they thought was a scout was bailing them out yeah. for who, who he worked for. You know, so <laughs> at that moment, he still thinks it's a scout. I, I just, I thought that was pretty funny that he thought it was a scout bailing him out. Once you get arrested, you're if it was a scout, they're finished with you. Yeah. You know, you got you got to be clean, man. You can't be getting arrested. Think you're gonna make it back to the major leagues? But I like yeah. John though. He's like, now I thought that was funny. The whole court scene with him and John. Yeah, I thought he worked well with John on that. Like, like John says, "Don't worry, I take care of it." And then like John starts saying stuff, and then he's like, "Your Honor, I'm not with him." You know, yeah. <laughs> like just like things, and he's like. And then, but he'll agree with it if it's like fitting him. But then if it's something that's wrong, he's like, "Your Honor, I, I don't agree with that," you know, or something like that. I thought that they worked well, like in that. That's kind of Richard's thing. It's when he's in trouble and trying to get out of trouble. That's the best thing that I love about Rich Bryan. Anything they does, he's really good at that. Uh, but um, this isn't probably the. I wouldn't say that this is Richard Pryor's greatest movie. Um, I would say Stair Crazy is probably my favorite, but because Harlem Nights is more of an Eddie vehicle. Yeah. Uh, but Rich, uh, which I don't think that Harlem Nights is Eddie's best movie either. I think, I would say, honestly, if you ask me, uh, life. I don't know. I just love life. Life just. Yeah. I, I mean, it's got its comedy and it's when it, when it's working as a comedy, it's it's a it's well. Last time I saw it, it was it, it, it loses steam though, don't it? Life loses steam. steam in the well, third it act. does, but yeah. it doesn't because it comes more of a drama piece, and it works too. You know, all these co- comedians get serious, and and the, the matters. You know, the the racism of the movie, you feel that, mm-hmm. and so I, I really I kind of agree that Life is probably my favorite Eddie. Not only movie, but I think maybe my favorite performance. And Martin, too, even though yep. he's the straight guy, pretty much. And, and I thought he gave a great performance in that movie. Yeah, you know, who would have knew that Martin and Eddie, man, would just, they, they work well together in that. Uh, Martin, you know, I don't know. We're getting off on a tangent, but Martin, to me, man, is one of those guys that when he's on, he's on. When he's on, he's really good. Uh, yeah. Now, I haven't seen that the latest movie with him in it, that, like, horror movie or whatever. Or, 
It yeah. looks straight to video. <laughs> it looks straight. It looks it looks a shutter, honestly, to be honest. But uh, uh or to be, if anything. But, I mean, it's good that he's getting work. I mean, yeah. but you know, it, you would think he'd get better scripts than what was what the trailer showed. Anyway, yeah. I wonder if Richard Pryor in this movie. Um, let me see. Let's see. I'm curious in this movie uh, if he was like just trying to uh, let's see Richard Pryor here we go Richard Pryor Jr. I have no idea who that is Uh, anyway um, guess Richard Pryor Jr. right but uh, sounds about right (laughs) um, oh no what happened uh, I'm trying. I'm trying. I hate IMDb now because they make things more complicated. Where you can just use to just look and see the movies you want to see. But now it's like weird. Anyway, never mind. I was curious to know if Richard Pryor was uh, what like in between what projects he was doing, or if he was shooting something at the same time as this. Because yeah. I felt like I felt like Richard. I don't know. I just Coasting. felt like. Yeah, sometimes. Sometimes in this movie. I think sometimes he was really on and sharp. But I think there's sometimes in this movie that he was like not as not as good. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Uh but not nothing against him because I love Richard Pryor. And uh and I just think that I think that like I'm, I'm trying to think of an instance in this movie that uh stood out to me. Like he was, um, like what? Now I love the 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 best part in here for me with him and showing his acting ability. A couple of them. One is when uh, John came in. It was like, hey, we we uh, so we got rid of those iceberg things, and uh, and and got you ten million dollars. Yeah. And he was like, no, he's like, I'm right back to where I was, you know. Uh, that was good. But then I thought like that one scene where he's having a conversation with somebody and he says, I am tired of money. I'm tired of spending. I don't want to see money. Which is what his, uh, was his uncle said he would, he would, he would be, he, he wouldn't want to see money. He would hate it, (laughs) which he became like that. I, I got it, but I just, I don't know. It, the flow of the movie just wasn't in, on, in sync with what it started out as, you know, I, but I, I thought he did fine. I mean, it's not a performance. I'll probably remember like in or, a year or, or two, yeah, but it, or it's not even a movie that I would say that I would necessarily watch again. Uh, not saying that like, cause I've seen it this many times. Uh, but Richard, uh, let's see, I, I did pull it up. Uh, in 1978, by the way, he was in a movie called California Sweets, which is a really bad movie. But that's the only movie with him and Bill Bill Cosby in the movie together. And they were like the polar opposites in, in stand-up. Um, but so Stair Crazy was in 1980. Busted Loose was 81, which is a really good movie. Some Kind of Hero, which 
uh, he plays like a guy that comes back from like Vietnam, uh, which, you know, uh, he's more serious for that. The Toy, which is probably his most well-known movie. And that's in 82. Superman 3, that Biffer loves, is in 83. Uh, Billy Joe Keeping the Faith is in 84. Uh, Bruce's Minion, 85. And then his autobiography, it's, well, it's kind of, it's called Jojo Dancer, Your Life is Calling. That was in 86, which is kind of like the story of Rich Pryor without, I mean, he plays a guy named Jojo Dancer, but it's about his life, yeah. um, which was not a bad movie either. But no, I think that here, I think this is around the same time, like I said, after his accident, uh, he's trying to get his footing back, I was saying. Yeah. And that's how it felt to me. He was just trying to get his footing back. If you think about it, there's a space between uh, what? Uh, he did Superman 83. It came out in 83. Let's say it was made in 82. Uh, and then he, his next stuff that came out was 84. So he probably took a break in between that little time to, to heal up. Yeah. Uh, I mean, you've seen more with him than I have, so... Yeah. Uh, my favorite scene when Richard was interviewing people to throw away his money in the iceberg helping Arab farmers. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. It was funny. Uh, all right. You ready to give your marks for this movie? I am. I am. I am. <laughs> you go first. Right, I'm going to give it a 3.5 out of 5. I thought it was solid, you know. Saw a little comedy, you know. Yeah, I'm gonna match your energy. I give it 3.5 out of five as well. The reason why I can't get it higher, the only reason why I can't get it higher, is the pacing. At some points, it kind of forgot what it wanted to do sometimes, and then I thought that the ending could have been a little bit better. Although he got the money, I wish that we could have seen John or somebody celebrating with him, other yeah. than like Angela. Yeah, you, know. you would have thought John would have been there with him. He's, but I felt like John kind of faded away in that last act. You feel like what? He faded away. Like he just wasn't as needed anymore. Yeah. You know, he kind of played his purpose for the movie and, you know, it wasn't about him anymore. You know, I wonder, honestly, I also wonder how, like, did John Candy and Rich probably get along well while this film was happening? Because uh, you would think, Maybe they maybe they didn't. John Candy wasn't at the time a huge star. He was still like one of those guys that pop up as the best friend or something like that. But he was really good at that. That was just he, was, he could he could do that. Stick the landing. He's yeah. the brother. He's the friend. He's whatever, uh, and he's really great. Uh, but I, but maybe it's that John and Richard didn't have the chemistry that they thought that they would have to do something else together. Um, Cause John would like with, with, with uh, Tom Hanks in, in splash was great. Um, I don't know if you ever seen splash. I haven't. Ooh, I'm about to choose it sometime. Um, but uh, yeah, John would, yeah, I might choose that, but um, yeah, man. And just, and then John with other people <clears throat> or by himself. But yeah, 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 I agree. 
So what you what you, what, what's was, your score? I gave it three. Three. I missed. Three point five. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. All right. Next week's your choice. What are you doing? Oh, uh, next week, uh, Back to the Future Part Two. It's on Peacock. You look confused. <laughs> Have we done done them already? Just did the first one. Oh, we're going back to okay. Hey, it's a five for me, but okay. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, uh, okay. Look at Brandon. Go, Brandon. All right. Uh, what do we want the people to do, Brando? Well, if you like this episode and you want to hear more, click that like button, click that share button. And click that subscribe button so you can follow us and subscribe to more episodes. Yep. Uh, in the meantime, in between time, Aaron Whitlow. Brandon Spivey. We thank you for marking that with us here on the Mark Out Movie Podcast.